Are you suspicious you may have candida? Or have you recently gotten a test that says you do? Have you done a candida protocol in the past, but feel like you're getting symptoms of candida again? Do you get UTIs or vaginal yeast infections more than one time a year, have chronic bloating, or get a white coating on your tongue that brushing your teeth doesn't keep away? If so, this podcast is for you. On today's episode, I'm going over the four key steps of getting rid of candida for good. The number one reason why I see clients fail to get rid of candida or see it keep coming back with all of its symptoms is because they have not gotten to the root cause of candida. That's right, candida is not a root cause in and of itself, and a candida overgrowth is actually a symptom of other toxins in the body gone haywire. Find out all about the most common causes of candida overgrowth, symptoms of candida overgrowth, and learn about the exact four steps I take my clients through so you can consistently get rid of your candida for good. Hey friend, welcome to the Better Belly Podcast. Do you want freedom from bloating and constipation? Do you find yourself up late at night Googling natural constipation remedies, causes for bloating, or recipes and exercises to help constipation? Are you frustrated with the mind game of trying to figure out what foods are helping or hurting your gut? Hey, I'm Allison, mom, wife, and functional gut health practitioner. At a young age, bloating and constipation were my constants. I didn't know what to do and wished I could just live a normal life focusing on my passions, my job, and my family. I was tired of abdominal pain that woke me up at night and wasting time and money on gut health remedies that just didn't work breakthrough moment, the functional medicine and osteopathic approach to gut health. In this podcast, you will find natural remedies for bloating and constipation, practical, doable belly exercises and massages, and debunked myths about what really is causing your tummy problems. So toss out those laxatives and say goodbye to that embarrassing gas. Your gut health is calling. And just as a reminder, this information is not meant to diagnose, manage, or treat disease. Always consult with your own health practitioner before you make any changes to your health. Candida is one of those pathogens that I find is becoming more and more mainstream to talk about for people struggling with gut health problems. This is both a good and bad thing in my mind. The good thing is that people are becoming aware of the term and are beginning to know to look out for it or to talk to your doctor or health providers that you're working with to try and advocate for yourself. Hey, is it possible I have candida? The bad thing about candida is I find that people in general and practitioners, really people through their practitioners, are not accurately and well do, dealing well with candida because there's a lot of misconception about both how to get rid of candida, but also why it's even there. Why do you have a candida overgrowth? And so today's episode is to help clear up a lot of myths and misconceptions that I'm seeing consistently with clients who are coming into my office, into the Better Billy Blueprint, or working with me in my foundations program. They come saying, I think I have a candida overgrowth, or I had one in the past, I think it's come back, or or whatever it is going on, and they either want to do a candida cleanse protocol or they're asking me how to do it, and I usually am backing them up. I'm saying, wait, wait, wait. Let's talk about not just going head-on and doing a candida protocol because that's usually not enough. Uh, that's, that's 
I would, I would say, I would like to say never, but I can't know all cases, but there is a reason why candida overgrows. And so before we get into the four steps and talking about why candida overgrows, I do want to just start off with the baseline symptoms of candida that I typically look for if I even want to start becoming suspicious of candida. So number one, bloating especially bloating that is worse at night or gets worse throughout the day. So if you find that you your bloating is like you wake up in the morning and you have a flat belly and you don't have bloating, and then as you eat throughout the day, your bloating gets worse and worse, that's a big sign of candida because the candida is, is eating the food that's dropping into your stomach. And then when you're fasting over the nighttime, when you're not eating because you're sleeping, that's when it kind of calms down and you'll wake up in the morning with a flat belly, but you'll go to bed with your most amount of bloating because the candida has been eating. So I don't always see that morning to night pattern with candida, but I definitely, if it's there, it's like a double tick against it. And pretty much if I see even just that, I, I've never like to say never gotten a lab result back that says someone doesn't have candida if they have that specific manifestation of bloating. Another symptom is going to be repeated UTI and vaginal yeast infections. And when I say repeated, I want you to be looking for and thinking about one time a year or more. So if you get a UTI or vaginal yeast infection one time a year, that's a sign that you have yeast overgrowth in your gut, and usually and often that is at least candida, maybe another type of yeast or fungus in, the, in your gut. If you want to learn more about that, check out my episode 105 called Clear Your UTIs and Interstitial Cystitis, and I will have a link in the show notes for that. That's episode 105. Another symptom is going to be white coating on your tongue. That has to do with the fact that uh, the white coating is a yeast overgrowth, and our bodies while your your mouth and your stomach are relatively far away from each other, they do share a lot of a oral microbiome. You're both swallowing spit that is in your mouth and ends up in the stomach, and there's a little bit of reciprocality of the microbiome um, from the stomach to the tongue, even with things like burping, and there's all all sorts of of things that that there's a sharedness in the microbiome. So when you have the overgrowth on the tongue, that's often a big sign that even when you're brushing it off, if you keep getting that white coating, that is a yeast or fungal overgrowth sign. Sugar cravings, because the candida in your gut will send out little chemical messages that says, I want food and being a yeast, it specifically wants carbs and sugars. So it's going to say, I want carbs and sugars. And then you, your, your endocrine system is going to pick that up in the gut lining, send it to your, send that message to your brain via your nervous system. And then you will get this sensation that you really want a sugar or a carb. And so sometimes sugar and carb cravings can be more behavioral, but I find that especially when they're really intense, really strong, it almost feels like this compulsion that you're going to go crazy if you don't get some sugar or some carb in your body right now. That's a very aggressive candida uh, overriding your brain. Fatigue, joint and muscle pain. You can learn more about that on episode 148. My it's called the oxalate episode, and this has to do with high oxalate symptoms if you get joint and muscle pain. It can also do with just a general systemic inflammation that is inflammation, an inflammatory response that is happening throughout the body being that's being 
trans transmitted or it's being circulated by your bloodstream. So your gut has inflammation, the inflammation markers, um, inflammatory response gets into your bloodstream via your leaky gut, which you're going to have if you have candida, and then it's going to circulate through your whole body now that it's in your bloodstream and it might, and it's going to irritate things like your joints and your muscles, brain fog, and PMS and or liver congestion symptoms. And the reason I put those two together is because if you have a liver, uh, congested liver, which is not a diagnosis, it's a description of your liver detoxing suboptimally or functioning suboptimally, then you are not going to detox your hormones as well. And they'll build up and a lot of times you'll get worse and worse PMS. So you know, that can be any type of PMS symptoms, moodiness, cramping, diarrhea prior to or during your period, uh, fatigue, headaches, and migraines, um, anything where your PMS is like, oh yeah, that's a bad time of the month for me. That's a sign that your liver needs some love. There are other liver congestion symptoms as well, a whole glut of them because your liver impacts so many things in your body. Uh, if you want to learn more about that, I'd recommend checking out episode 69, how to naturally lower your cholesterol without having to give up fat or meat. That's actually all about the liver. And episode 118 called Liver, the number one thing you can do to ease bloating and PMS. And I also have a podcast episode, I don't have the number in front of me, but called the gut sinus connection and another one called the gut skin connection. And that those are also all about the liver. So if you want to learn more about liver congestion symptoms, which are really involved in so many of the whole body symptoms we experience, check out those podcast episodes. I'll have them linked in the show notes. But some other ones just to list off the top of my head for liver congestion symptoms, alcohol sensitivity. So if you know you can, if you drink like one quarter a glass or one half of a glass of, of alcohol and you already feel like you've had a full glass or two glasses, you're sensitive to it, you know you can't have that much before getting a lot of symptoms, then that's an alcohol sensitivity and it just means the liver is overloaded and can't detox uh, the acetaldehyde that comes with the alcohol, sinus problems of any kind, skin problems like acne, eczema, psoriasis, um, or being put on birth control to control your PMS symptoms. Again, that's the liver not being able to detox your hormones. Wow, that was all the symptoms. And we're already, we're already what, eight minutes into the podcast, 10 minutes. So here's the four steps. You're like, yeah, that kind of checks out. Maybe you don't have all those symptoms, but you have several of them, or you've totally got that bloating thing going on, or the UTI vaginal yeast infection. You don't need to have all of these symptoms, but you could have several of them, and candida is then increased likelihood of being a component of what you have going on. So how do you get rid of candida? Number one, you do want to test to identify if candida is actually a problem. All these symptoms I just listed could have overlap with other pathogens or toxins, uh, just dysfunction going on in the body. And so I would would recommend testing and not just assuming. If you assume and then you go to do all this work, you buy supplements, you go and do whatever you find on the internet or through a practitioner that you do all this work related to getting rid of candida and then it's not actually your problem, you just having, you're still going to have your symptoms and you've wasted time and money. Now it's a month or two months or three months later, $500 later, $1,000 later. I don't know how much, what, what exact, exact cost is going to be involved with whatever method you try to get rid of it with. But if it's not your problem, it is a waste of time and money. So do test to identify if candida is your problem. My favorite test for it is going to be the organic acids test by Mosaic. They changed their name recently, Mosaic something. Um, 
they, it's called the oat test for short. And that is what I use with my client. It's a urine based test and it's an at home test I do with my clients. And you can get that through a practitioner who's an alternative health practitioner, but unfortunately conventional medicine does not acknowledge that test. So they won't do that. Number two, you can test for Number two, you're going to want to test for why candida is overgrown. And this gets into the fact that before you do anything about candida, you want to look for why it's overgrown because candida is a symptom of other toxins in the body more often than it is its own root cause. That is because everybody's body has candida in it. Candida is actually a normal part of our gut microbiome. And there's actually some fascinating research on how candida is helpful for our bodies, actually works together with our microbiome to protect us and to, to work together with us. The problem is, is that if a certain, if your, if your gut microbiome in your body has a certain number of problems going on in it, it just, it just overgrows. It doesn't have the right, it doesn't have the right checks and balances in the gut. And it's not trying to be mean. It's not trying to be bad. There's even some research that's suggesting that candida will overgrow to protect your body, to absorb if you are being exposed if you're being exposed to like a high amount of heavy metals, it's going to overgrow potentially to then absorb those heavy metals. So it's holding the heavy metals and your body actually wants it to do that. But instead of having heavy metal toxicity symptoms, you're now going to have candida overgrowth symptoms. So you do want to look at why candida is overgrown. Is it because of low stomach acid? Is it because of another pathogen like, like a parasite or H. pylori? This is, even though if you test for candida and you're like, I know I have it and everything inside of you screaming, I just want to kill it. The quickest way to actually get rid of candida for good, and we're thinking about for good, like into the future and, and ongoing, the quickest way and the way to get the quickest results in the long run is to test for why you have candida. So I have so many clients who come into me and say, I've already done a candida cleanse, a candida diet, or I got a rid of candida a few years ago with another practitioner and I felt really good for a couple of years and I have it again. I'd be asking, why are you getting candida? So another thing I also like to say about candida, it's, it's a weak pathogen. Uh, technically, it's really low on the totem pole of pathogens, and so it typically only overgrows if there's a bigger pathogen enabling it to overgrow. Again, that environmental um, component of what's go what else is going on in the body that is making the checks and balances off where your candida is overgrowing. So some specific things I test for to think about what, what, what else could be causing this candida to overgrow? And I usually, I I've never seen the same things like, oh, if candida is overgrown, it's definitely these three things or these four things. It can be a variety of these things, but these are the ones that I'm most suspicious of. And I always test for it because until you test for it, you don't know if you have it. The biggest problem is that there, your body can only create so many symptoms. And so you can be getting symptoms from a pathogen or from a heavy metal or from low stomach acid, and they could look similar. And so you just don't know from your symptoms alone, which one do you have it? So what do you test for? I test for H. pylori. I use a GI map. It's a stool test. If you get a stool test from a conventional health doctor, 
Their stool tests are not as sensitive. They are a standard lab test and not functional. And so they will say something like positive or negative in your lab results, but that doesn't mean you don't have it. It means that it's not, it's either not high enough in the lab sample for them to say you have positive. There is lots of things I get into this um, in other podcast episodes, but just to say, if you already had a stool test from a conventional doctor and not from the GI map specifically, leave some room for possibility. I do get clients who've come to me and had quote unquote negative lab results from conventional doctors, and then they don't have lab results. Um, or then they, then we do get a positive lab test result on an, on a GI map for H. pylori. We do a heavy metal test through a hair tissue sample called the HTMA. That's something I do in my Better Belly Blueprint, which is a group coaching program and online course and with my one-to-one foundations client, which is a six-month program. We're working with me one-to-one. I also... Uh, and, and so that's a heavy metal test that I would recommend doing again, not available through conventional doctors, just alternative doctors, if they know how to interpret that test. And if that's something they use in their toolkit, so you can interview a practitioner. If you're thinking of working with someone, do you do an HTMA test? Do you, do you regularly do testing to look for heavy metals and mineral balance in the body? That is super important to make sure your candida never comes back and stays away. Number three, Look at slow stomach acid. Is that a component of what you have going on? If you have H. pylori, there's a really high likelihood you also have low stomach acid, but sometimes you can have low stomach acid without H. pylori, so I still look at both. You can do a baking soda test, which is more or less free. It's like, what, five cents? (laughs) When you look at all you need is a very small amount of baking soda and some water that you do three times in the morning. I give the details for how to do this in my free constipation PDF download. You can go to betterbellytherapies.com slash constipation to download that free PDF and get the exact instructions on how to do a baking soda test. But other things you can look at is your blood work, for example, you want to look at, do you have low calcium or low protein on your blood work? And you want to be using functional lab ranges. So you want to be below 9.5 for calcium or below 6.9 for protein, which is going to be a um, more sensitive threshold compared to what the standard lab ranges are going to say. So don't, don't go with the numbers that you find in the standard lab range. Um, 9.5 for calcium, 6.9 for protein. You can also look in your blood work at alkaline phosphatase. If your doctor got that, sometimes doctors don't get those markers. They usually get calcium and protein, but the alkaline phosphatase is like maybe a 50-50 from what I've seen doctors getting. You want to be no lower than 70. That's a functional analysis of blood work. I I don't know what st- standard tends to be in like the 20s or 30s, if I remember correctly. So much less, much lower threshold. You want to have a more sensitive um, standard for this. So look for if you're below 70 for your result of alkaline phosphatase, then that's a huge sign that you actually have low zinc, which then is a sign of low stomach acid. And then symptoms of low stomach acid, acid reflux, difficulty gaining muscle, bloating, indigestion, quick feelings of fullness, candida overgrowth, um, which is why we are, if you have candida, we're suspicious you might have low stomach acid because stomach acid is one of the checks and balances that helps keep candida from overgrowing. And if you have low stomach acid, you don't have enough natural stomach acid for that natural checks and balance to be involved. And then getting, doing a test for mold, because mold is, if you have mold in your body, it, it suppresses your immune system. And that's another check and balance that keeps 
your candida at a normal level. And so if your immune system suppressed, mold typically um, is going to enable your body to have a candida overgrowth. My favorite test for a mold test is going to be the organic acids test, which is also the same test that would test if you have candida. It's my favorite one. So do when you get that candida test for an oat test, you also get mold, which is a nice win-win. So that is another test that I make available to my clients in the Better Belly Blueprint, my group coaching and online course, and then my one to my foundations program, which is my one-to-one six months of working with me directly. So that's step number two, test for why candida is overgrown. Step number three, so once you've tested for candida, you know you have it, you've tested for heavy metals, you've tested for H. pylori in the GI map, you've looked at low stomach acid, and you have looked and seen if you have mold overgrowth in your body. Number three, you're gonna create your plan. So once you know it's candida you're dealing with and you've widely looked at the causes, create your plan. Number one, open your detox pathways. I always start with the liver protocol. You can get this liver protocol for free from me at betterbellytherapies.com slash liver. Number two, I don't typically recommend a strict candida diet like I typically see online. So candida diets often are like, don't do any sugar, like no fruit, no carbs. You know, the candida diet, sometimes I see people say just the diet's going to get rid of candida. That is not true because like we've discussed here, candida is an overall imbalance of your entire gut microbiome and body imbalance. So you want to consider, you know, do you have H. pylori? Do you have heavy metals? You can go on that low carb diet and it's going to improve things. It'll be usually very, very difficult because the candida, as it's dying and starving, it's going to really make you crave sugar. And so you want to, you can actually limit those sugar cravings by all the other things I include in my protocols and by doing them in the right order, because you're going to start killing it and limiting all the, starting mopping up all the other, all the other things that are enabling it to overgrow, which is just going to make getting it back into balance easier, right? And less less sugar craving-y. So I, I don't find that a really strict candida diet is helpful. And I do not ever, I've never put any of my clients on a strict, like no sugar, no carb, you know, candida diet that you see online. That's one of the most common questions I get asked by people when they're not working with me, or even when they are sometimes like, oh, are we going to do a candida diet? No, <laughs> we're not. But here's what I do recommend. There are some food alterations I do recommend for a candida when you're like actually ready to start digging into to balancing your candida again and dealing with all the other things in your body. Number one, no alcohol. Alcohol is a huge trigger for candida growing. Number two, no fermented foods. Fermented foods are fermented through yeasts and it's just like throwing more fuel to the fire with the with the fungal overgrowth and the candida overgrowth. Number three, no probiotics. It's the same thing with fermented foods. It's just adding fuel to the fire and in chaos. Like if you haven't noticed already, like if you have candida and you have not noticed that you actually feel worse when you take a probiotic or fermented food, think about it. The next time you have a, a bottle of kombucha, if you have candida, you will feel worse or at least you won't feel energized. So number four, no collagen. Check out episode 148, my oxalate episode, and it talks about how candida converts uh, food or no collagen into oxalates, which is no bueno for your body and gives you oxalate symptoms. Again, check out episode 148, the oxalate episode, if you want to hear more about what those oxalate 
high oxalate symptoms might be. Uh, and number five, no processed sugar and high sugar foods. So there is a sugar component that I find is unhelpful and to, to still be eating and then helpful to avoid, but it's the, it's the processed sugar, like white sugar, brown sugar, just like you're dumping sugar into cake or something like that. High sugar foods is going to be cookies, cake, ice cream, fruit juice. Even if there's no added sugar, it, it's, it, you take, you've taken away all the fiber and all the vitamins and minerals that come in, in a whole piece of fruit and really alters your metabolism of the sugar in fruit. And so why, while I find that my clients can still eat actual fruit when they're on a candida protocol, fruit juice is just way too much, just straight sugar without any balancing components like fiber, vitamins, and minerals that come with say an orange or an apple and then fruit smoothies. So this might depend. It depends on like maybe other ingredients you have in the smoothie, like how much is it banana, but there's like a lot of kale and there's some you know, oats, which isn't high sugar, it's just carbs. Like how, what other ingredients are you putting into that? Um, but if it's just like pure fruit, you know, a lot of just the bananas and strawberries and blueberries and some collagen, that's literally a candida bomb. <laughs> so don't do that. All right. So that is my note on food. And it's something you can do before you start any other protocols with candida. Uh, next step in creating your plan is if you have H. pylori, do your H. pylori protocol first because you do need to get rid of H. pylori to set yourself up well to get rid of candida. Uh, once you do your H. pylori protocol, or if you want to see what I do for H. pylori, go to betterbelatetherapies.com slash H. pylori. I have all my supplements there. If you want to do this process yourself, you are welcome to. Uh, check it out. It's on my full script account. You get 10% off of all my supplements. Candida Protocol is what you would do either after the H. pylori protocol or while you're doing it. You can do it while you're doing it if you feel well, but if the H. pylori protocol like really makes you feel poorly, just so like headaches, you're getting all these detox symptoms, then wait, just do the H. pylori protocol first, then do the candida. So candida protocol, you can get that candida protocol at betterbellytherapies.com slash candida. Also on my full script account, or it'll send you to my full script account. You, you register for that. You get 10% off the protocol do what you want with it. I, again, do not recommend, do not listen to this episode and go and order the candida supplements and just do that protocol and follow my food advice without checking for H. pylori, without dealing with your low stomach acid and knowing if you have H. pylori, because you don't want to deal with your low stomach acid. If you have H. pylori, it will make you feel worse if you have H. pylori and you bump your stomach acid. There is a reason for all these all these methods. It's not just to make it a longer process or a more expensive process to make it a, an efficient process that works. Uh, next, once you've gotten rid of your H. pylori, you've, st you've started your candida protocol, you've maybe finished your candida protocol, you're rebuilding your stomach acid, you can do a heavy metal protocol if you have heavy metals. I'm going to be doing a episode in the future specifically on that because I realized I don't have an episode dedicated to heavy metals, even though I mention it and talk about it in other podcast episodes. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast if you want to hear more about that. It'll be probably be coming out in a month or two. And then a mold protocol. So 
you want to typically do mold as one of your last steps, at least in my experience when I work with clients, because it's immunosuppressive. If you try to tackle it first without other pathogens, it's kind of like fighting a war on all fronts. You want to start clearing out some of the easier pathogens like H. pylori, parasites, candida, etc., and then get to mold. Mold is a two-phase process, and I'm just going to do another podcast episode on it. So those are what I do when it comes to creating a plan, doing those different protocols in phases. And then number four, you're going to work the plan. This is typically going to be one month for a H. pylori protocol, two months for a candida protocol, one to three months for the post-H. pylori protocol to rebuild your stomach acid if you need to rebuild stomach acid, a heavy metal protocol, which depending on your heavy metals and your body vitality, that can be anywhere between like three months to two years. And I know that can sound long. It's, it's, it's not that you don't feel good until the two, like the end of the two years it's, but you're chipping away and you're continually feeling better and better and better. And you just know if you don't finish the heavy metal protocol, it could set you up to get candida in your body again. That's, that's the main thing there. And then a mold protocol, which mold protocols typically I'm seeing last between six to 12 months, but sometimes longer, depending on how much mold toxicity you have, how vital your body is, how well it can push out the mold, how fast it can put up, push out the mold. And if this sounds like a long time, it's really short compared to the multiple years and decades of pain that clients come to me in. So if you've been, even if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, this is my life for the last 10 years, five years, like, Hey, this took two years. That's, that's less than half the time of five years of, of nothing working. And, and it's way cheaper than all the naturopaths you could go to and all the acupuncturists and medical doctors and gastroenterologists and whoever it is you're seeing right now to try and fix all your problems. When you could just follow a really straightforward path that works and it's very specific and it's not cutting corners and it's really inclusive of thinking of all the things that could be going on so that your candida does not come back. So if you listen to these multiple steps and you want help, I would love to support you. You can work with me in my foundations program, which is a one-to-one six-month coaching program with me, or you can join my online course and group coaching program, The Better Belly Blueprint. Right now, both of these are on waitlist as of this moment. You can go to betterbellytherapies.com slash waitlist to join the waitlist for these programs. And I typically announce openings for the foundations program once a month for one to two people. And for the Better Belly Blueprint, we will be reopening in the fall of 2023, which is when this, um, which is in the future as of this podcast episode airing. So check those out or check out the links in the show notes if you want to learn more. What's included in the Foundations Program? What's included in the Better Belly Blueprint? The Better Belly Blueprint is for you if you have bloating and constipation and those are your main things you're dealing with. I have structured everything in the Better Belly Blueprint to help with those two things. And you typically are going to touch on other problems. So if you also have skin and and hormone and all those things going on, then it touches on that if your core problems, bloating and constipation. But if you want more one-to-one work, you have more different nuances of things going on in your health, you have other concerns, you have maybe your main problem is infertility, your main problem is acid reflux, come work with me in the foundations program. I'd love to work with you there. So how to take action after this podcast episode. This was a little bit of a longer podcast episode. There's more information. There's more steps. It is hard to make all this fit into a 15 minute download because 
there is a juicy amount of information, right? So there's a couple ways you can take action. If you're like, how do I even oh, just make the next step? Number one, you can join my free Facebook group at betterbellytherapies.com slash Facebook. Just jump in there, see what's going on, join the conversation, ask some of your questions. It is just going to get your feet wet. Start to see what other topics we're covering. Number two, listen to more of these podcast episodes. I've listed a whole bunch of really good ones in this episode that might be really relevant to what you have going on. And just start to become familiar with the terms and the processes and things that you want to be looking out for to get healthy again. Number three, you can get my protocols. If you just want to look at the protocols, if you want to, you listen to the podcast, you're like, man, I think I want to try and do this myself. It is not, I haven't given you every single step, but if you want to try it out yourself, go to betterbellytherapies.com slash full script, get those protocols yourself. And really number four, and what I would recommend the most is either joining my foundations program waitlist or the Better Belly Blueprint waitlist, which is again, going to be betterbellytherapies.com slash waitlist, because that is where you can get that one-to-one support via group coaching calls or private uh, coaching calls with me. Again, my private one-to-one work is the foundations program and my group coaching is the Better Belly Blueprint. So I want to be here to support you guys in your gut healing journey because you can get better. I have so many people who come to me and they've been to so many other practitioners. It's been years and decades and months and they've tried gluten-free and dairy-free and and candida diets and low histamine and and they've had surgeries and they've had medications and they've had uh, antibiotics. They've had so many things and they're still not feeling well. And it is, it's not your fault. There's just nuances that you want to hit. And I would love to help you hit them. So you can get better. You can believe in your body. Your body is an intelligent healing machine. And most importantly, all you need is to take action. So jump into our Facebook group, listen to more podcast episodes, grab those protocols. If you want to try and guide yourself through it, or join my foundations program waitlist and Better Belly Blueprint waitlist and plan to just jump in to work with me at the next availability. I would love to work with you. Hey friend, I hope you loved this episode. If you've been a fan for a while or newly loving this podcast, can you do me a favor? Drop into Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. When you leave a review, you do so much. You help me know you're listening. You can tell me what you're loving so I know what to make more of. And you help others by boosting this podcast so other people like you can find the podcast too. I mean, it's a win, 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 right? So if you want a way to pay it forward, just go to Apple Podcasts or click the link in my show notes and leave a rating and review. And if you want some more free stuff, just head over to my free Facebook group, betterbellytherapies.com slash Facebook, and you can get access to all of my free support for you, including some Facebook group exclusive stuff like my podcast episode vault, where you can search the Better Belly podcast by topic and find exactly what you need to expedite your healing. I cannot wait to see you guys in there. Catch you guys next week.